You are listening to The Powerful Creator Show with your host, Cheryl Sosnowski. If you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. On this week's episode of The Powerful Creator Show, I interview the wonderful, interesting, creative, and funny lady, Margot Potter. Writer, actress, vocalist, design expert, and on-camera talent, Margot Potter has published seven books on jewelry making and design and has an ebook on personal branding. She's worked with and designed for most of the biggest companies in the DIY industry, including Joanne, Michaels, AC Moore Stores, and more. Margot has been on TV as a guest product expert for QVC for 11 years, was on TLC's Craft Wards, and was a DIY star finalist on Home and Family TV. Her latest book is 50 and Other F-Words, Reflection from the Rearview Mirror, and it is an honor to talk to Margot today. Well, thank you for joining me this morning. I totally appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. Okay, so this is the Powerful Creator Show. So before we get started with the interview, my question for you and that I would like to ask all of my guests is, when I say that you are a powerful creator and everyone's a powerful creator, what does that mean to you? Well, I believe that we all possess the creative impulse. I mean, it's part of just being human and being alive. And so to me, uh, being a powerful creator means that you're kind of channeling that energy of creativity, which is the opposite of destruction, Mm. and which then helps to change the world in a positive way. And we can all do that. Yes, we can. And when I think of powerful creators, when I, when I started the show, which is just going to launch in January, and I made my list of people that I think are super powerful creators, you totally came to mind. Oh, thank you, you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being on the planet. You are such a creative <laughs> powerhouse. And um, I don't feel so much lately, but thank you. That makes me feel good. <laughs> can you give our listeners just an idea of who you are and your background and all the creative things and creative hats and creative <laughs> personas you've worn? That's kind of hard. I'll try to do that in a Brazil nutshell. Yes. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of what you might call restlessly creative in that I love to do a lot of things and I'm pretty good at a lot of things. I'm not as much a focus on one thing kind of person. I think that's part of having ADHD and just part of being somebody who, who's endlessly interested in things. So I've, I've got a background in performance. My degree from college is in theater. I'm an actor and a vocalist. And crafting was always something that was just being creative was just part of who I was, but it wasn't anything I considered to be a career. So when it sort of started unfolding for me as a career, it was like, why did I, why didn't I study that? But <laughs> Life is funny that way. I kind of stumbled into a career as a jewelry designer and a uh, DIY expert. And it was a really good career for while my daughter was growing up. It kept me home instead of being away, auditioning for plays or at rehearsals. And it also, um, so really great. Uh Uh-oh, we got an unstable connection. I don't know what's going on there. Okay. It just froze for a second. Could be me. So now you've, I love that you started in theater. And so it sounds like to me, like you're just, you are a creative being and it doesn't matter what way you're expressing it. You've expressed it with your body. You express it with your voice. You've expressed it with your hands. Yes. And now I'm writing, which is something I've always done, but uh, I've written eight craft books, but I finally published my first book book. Yeah, I, even, I think I have it right here. Look, I'm good because be I want to talk about self promotion. <laughs> you need to have shameless self promotion because your book is hilarious. And oh, it's thank you. True, and it sh- and it makes everybody not afraid to be fifty. Like yeah. 
it shouldn't be a curse word. And I love to say 50 and other F words. So can you yes. give us some background on your book and your writing career and what you're doing now with the huge <laughs> path of creativity? Yeah, well, so um, as I, uh, my craft career hit a major kind of a stumbling block. I took a job. I moved to another state. It was on camera plus doing the crafts because I'd also had done home shopping along the way as I was building this craft career. And uh, it just was a horrible, bad choice and everything in my life imploded professionally it meant I lost a good chunk of my clients and it really was tough for us for me personally and during this time I started I, I'm turning 50 I suddenly gained all this weight like everything's changing and I'm going what the heck's happening and I started a blog and I started just writing about being a woman over 50 in a, you know in an honest raw humorous sometimes you know painful, mm -hmm. but all of the aspects of what it is to be a woman growing older in a youth-obsessed culture. And uh, accidentally, again, it was kind of one of those happy accidents, I sold a craft book. It ended up falling through the cracks. But when I said thank you to them after like months of going back and forth, the uh, head of editorial followed a link to my blog and found all of these writings about being a woman over 50 and said, hey, would you like to write a book about being a woman over 50? And I wow. said, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I absolutely would. So that's how it happened. And it was so much of it is things I'd already written that I'd had just over the years. I took that blog down. I've just, you know, I've tried a lot of different things. So I took all those writings and I wrote more content and we created a book of essays, poems and listicles that are all just kind of talking about what it means to be a woman over 50 and, you know, hopefully giving people, you know, some one, something to laugh about, but two, that, that it's not, it's not a big deal. These are just numbers and 50 is young. 50 you know, I'm, so young. I'm 55 now and I don't feel old. You know, only when other people kind of put that on me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I really, I mean, I don't know. I don't understand in our culture why it's so looked down a ground, down upon to grow older. Like I like growing older because I'm so much more wiser. I don't yes. do the stupid stuff I did in my twenties and thirties. Right. And yeah. the best gift of all, I think, with aging is that you just start to not really give a crap about what people think about you. That's really it. It's the not giving a crap anymore if people like you or think you're cute or any of those things. It's really funny. Um, okay, quick little thing. This morning as I was checking my social media feed, there's always these things that come up that are promoted posts on Facebook right. that are like what women over 50 should wear or what women over 50 should do. And this one was glasses for women over 50. And all the women are in there like, are you kidding me? And everyone's showing the pictures of their crazy glasses. And I put a picture of me with my sparkly Kate Spade glasses. I was like, wearing what I please at 55 and not caring if it pleases anyone else. <laughs> like, really? Glasses I have to wear now? <laughs> that is so silly. I know. It's like, why do you need to have hair over 50 and glasses yes. over 50? And yes. The older you get, you try... I think people tend to anyway lose their creativity as they get older and they tend to become more and more and more boxed in. Yes. And with these kinds of posts, it's like it's reinforcing that boxing in. And it's very specific to women and it's very archetypal. For it's sure. like part of our collective unconsciousness. It's part of these like mythologies of the crone and the witch and the older woman being evil. And I mean, there's deep rooted stuff there that you can dig into um, if you so, feel so inclined. But I think women are changing that. And I, I think we're just, there's a lot of changing of a lot of archetypes and stereotypes right now happening where people are saying, mm -hmm. no, I'm not going to fit in that box that you want me to fit into. I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm going to do what makes me happy, 
which is have hot pink hair and wear sparkly glitter glasses and dress as I please. But I also respect the right of other women to age in any way they please. Absolutely. And that's the most important part, I think, because women can be so judgmental. And I see it a lot in the creative world where I think these women are more evolved or I don't know what I have in my head. I just think you're creative, so you should be more accepting. But mm-hmm. I still see women getting on these threads where some celebrity will be on something, you know, and they'll be like, oh, I can't believe how, why'd she do that to her face or what is up with her hair? And I think, come on, you're ladies who are funky. <laughs> just let women be what they want to be. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So this is way off from creativity, but... Creative expression and how you dress is also something. Well, I think it's all part of it. And it's not like, I, because creativity doesn't belong in a box either. And it's like, right. when you're a creative person and like you, okay, so you've worn a lot of creative hats. So then if you, when you change and you decide that I'm going to now divert from being on stage, that now I'm going to make jewelry. And for you, it seems like it's all been like this little natural flow of your- Yeah, it's like an, ev- it's an evolution. That, yeah, it's an ev- that you've been following. Do you find that though, as you change and you go, that you're now interested in something else? Because I think as creative people, that happens. Like we get bored right. and you want to experiment and try new things. Yes. Do you find that the people, the fans that you've accumulated in this mm. area react to you changing what you're doing? I think I've probably lost some people and then gained some people. Uh, but I think most of, you know, I've always just been myself from the first moment I had my first blog post online before I even had a craft career. I was very much just me, honest, real, sometimes political, sometimes feminist, sometimes edgy. And I think people that have known me along the way that have been my fans kind of already know that. Right. I don't, you know, I've never had to, I did for a while have the impatient crafter and the impatient blogger, but there was always spillover. I just can't contain everything. So I don't think it's shocking to people, you know, that I've evolved or that I'm doing other things. And, uh, you know, creativity is always going to be part of what I do. I'm actually working on a, a, a something uh, that I'm going to launch that's very DIY focused. It's me making and selling things. Uh, so, it, you know, it's just always, there's always something brewing and it, you never leave behind what you've learned. I don't leave acting behind because I make videos. Right. And, you know, eventually one day, hopefully I'll get to get back to acting. And your videos um, are great and hilarious, yeah. by the way. I love Thank watching you. Them. I try. I'm learning how to edit. It's really uh, hard. It's really, <laughs> I use, I'm using Adobe and it's like Premiere Pro. It's this crazy software that That's real editors. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, you have some of them that are easier because they're kind of designed for. And I was using something called Magics for a long time. Made it really easy. Now it's like, you got to dig in there. You know, you got to have a multiple tracks for the sound. And, now you're being serious. Yeah, now you're not messing around. <laughs> yeah. And that's another creative thing, making videos. It's, it's a creative expression, and it's a fun creative expression. It you know? is. And I think that that's, you know, like I want to talk about being part of being a powerful creator is that you are standing, part of the word is powerful, and you're standing yes. in your own power. Yes. What that is. So can you, yeah. what does that mean to you to be standing in your own power and your authenticity as a creator of your own life? Well, I kind of think, I, all right, I've always been very drawn to the Native American idea of the medicine wheel and the idea that we're all going towards the center, whatever that means for you. And each of us is on our own path. So not my path, not your path. It's not anybody else's path. And, and, the more we become our authentic self, the more we are true to who we are, the less we change ourselves, 
to fit other people's expectations, the better and more wonderful life becomes. And then we really do become more powerful because we're also helping other people free themselves when they go, oh, look, that person isn't just floating along doing the same thing, you know, being limited. Right. That person is finding that they are limitless and we all are, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what it means to me. And I think that that, again, is something anyone can tap into because everyone has something to offer. And whether or not you're, you know, not everyone is Van Gogh and not everyone is, you know, Liza Minnelli and not everyone is Ernest Hemingway, right. but everyone has something in them that they can express. That's Absolutely. value. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and even people like create, when I say powerful creator and I think a powerful creator, it's not even about creativity necessarily because right. you can be a person who is like a kick ass accountant. Yes. I, I need your zone of genius in my life. <laughs> right. And that's a creativity too. It's just a different, it's a different, you know, numbers, everything's math. Yeah. The entire universe fractals, everything breaks down into geometry. So people who are doing math are actually very creative, probably more creative than any of us, you know, <laughs> even though it hurts my head to think about it. But, you know, I'm thank God for those people. Yeah, but you're right. There are all these zones of genius. So on the, on the medicine wheel, what is at the center of the medicine wheel? Well, I mean, it's great spirit, whatever that is. is so that it's a journey God? toward that. It's a journey towards the light. I mean, to, back home, because mm-hmm. what, no matter how you see it, whether you believe in a Judeo-Christian God or you believe in a goddess or you believe in, in you know, energy or whatever it is, we're all made from the same stardust. Absolutely. We're all created from the same matter. Everything, everything around us, we're all part of the same thing. So we get to have this unique experience of being this expression of that thing. But we're eventually going to go back into the, the great cosmic dustbin. Yeah. Right. And I love that. Right? I mean, that's kind of it. <laughs> so, you know, enjoy your, enjoy your being the facet of that because that's what this is about. I think becoming the fullest expression of you, this consciousness that you are in this reality. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that. So it's like, you know, turning 50 or getting over 50 and, and getting, I think, you know, they, we, people try to box us more in as we age, but yep. it's really about breaking out of that box completely. Yes. And for that reason, you just said, because life is temporary. We're, yeah. we're in this temporary bag of bones, right? That we get. Right. So to me, it feels like there's just should be nothing to fear. It doesn't. Right. Fear. What are you worried about? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of fear of death. And I think that's a big part of the fear of aging is uh, people are afraid of dying. And I understand that nobody really is looking forward to that, but nobody gets out of here alive. Right. So you might as well, you know, focus on and enjoy living and not, and, and, and aging is just part of the process. And that's really what your book is about, is about focusing on living and having fun and not caring so much what people think about. Yeah. Yeah. And like dealing with the indignities of aging with a sense of humor. Because, you know, no matter what, you're gonna, what you do, once you get to a certain age, your hormones are going to change, you're going to get chiskers, <laughs> you're going to get jowls, your neck is going to go, you know, they're just things that are gonna, unless you have the money to alleviate those things and you care to. Um, so that's just part of the deal. And there's, there's a beautiful, there's a beauty in an aging face. There's, you know, it's, it's the, it's your life map, right? And I think in the book, I say something like a, a map without lines won't take you anywhere. Mm. right? So that your face is, is the reflection of your life you've lived. 
I love that. Yeah. I, I'm very much into neuroscience and those kinds of things too. And I read something recently about Botoxing because I was cons- I'm like getting to the age where I'm like, okay, it's time to do something with the trim. And so I started looking into it and it said, and no offense to people who Botox, I don't care if people- I've do done it. it. I even talked about it in the book. Yeah. So yeah. like that's your thing. But I read a thing that something that said that as your face starts to freeze up and you lose the ability to make certain expressions, that you're physiologically, you lose those feelings. Oh, that's interesting. And I'm well, yeah, the like anger people. and the sadness. See, the anger, I could do my away. frown lines. That might be good. if I. It's really frown. good for depression. So it really depends on you, that's um, I, think, I think, mentally, because they are using Botox now as a, as a, for, to address depression. Really? Because when you can't, you know, a big part of, of, of this is this, right? We're yeah. worried. Your frowns or worries, yeah. You know, and so, you know, you don't want to freeze your whole face. Right. I mean, even when, if you get this part of your face, you can still smile. And I know when I had Botox, cause I was on, I was working on high def TV mm. and it's like right up in your face, uh, <laughs> every little crater. Pores. Yeah. So I, you know, I did, I got Botox and I thought, well, I don't care if I'm being banned. I'm just going to do it. But I did find I was much happier. And as the Botox would start to wear off, my family would be like, time to get some more Botox. That is so interesting. So that study is true. So not only, so maybe it just depends on those areas to Botox. And I love that you know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Frowny, worrying person. If you lose your ability to frown, maybe it will help. Yeah. And I mean, you don't have to get it frozen, frozen. You can just have it just slightly altered, but I, I, you know, I'm of the mind of do what makes you happy, whatever that is. Me too. Absolutely. As long as it's not hurting anybody else. What does it matter? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to do what's right for you. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And if it's like, yeah. you know, I know when I look in the mirror, I don't like my little frown that I have right here. And, and it's I a hate this. this is why I have bangs. That's why I have bangs. I'm like, oh, that's, the, that's my natural bow Covers the bangs. <laughs> I know. She cut it yesterday. She had it all curled up. I'm like, that's not the point of the bangs. They're supposed <laughs> to come down here. You put them up here. I don't need them anymore. <laughs> Pretty soon I'm going to need them like down here. Yeah, I know. It's going to just be like cousin it. Just your hair. <laughs> Hello. I'm in here somewhere. Oh my God. I'm just part my eye. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I love but it. Would you read us or share with us one of your favorite quips from your book? Oh, or do, gosh. You have a, do you have a paragraph off the top of your head or a story that you well, think is just really not cool? memorized, but I do have it in my book here. So I could probably find something really quick. Awesome. Uh, let me see if I can find like a little snippet. Cause I do have these little, I'm going to get back to the snippet town here. Snippet town. Uh, will work for glitter. That's not it. Um, you say will work for glitter. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's my, I got, I went on a rant a few years back on Facebook. I was so angry because people kept contacting me and asked me to work for publicity and free stuff as happens a lot in the creative industry. Mm-hmm. And I finally just hit a wall where I was like, I cannot pay my rent and glitter. <laughs> my landlord will not take it. It's not a form of currency. And I don't need to be any more exposed than I already am. You know, I, I need you to pay me in money. Yeah, exactly. It's like and what I do has value. When someone knocks at the door and you throw glitter in their face, I don't think they're going to be happy with it. Yeah, that. not so much. Maybe not so much. And you're um, right. What you do does have value. And as creative people, I think attaching a value to what you do is so important. Yes. Yes. I fully, fully agree. Yeah. All right. I think I'm going to, uh, let me see. I'm going to try that. I'll try to read a couple of these. This is everything you ever wanted to know about menopause, but forgot to ask. Okay. Um, so it kind of get, tells you what menopause is, which we all know it's when you stop having your uh, menses. Yes. Say it that way. <laughs> when Annie Flo leaves the building forever. <laughs> 
Bye-bye. So beyond the cessation of the ability to conceive a child, a woman's body changes in myriad ways. Everyone is different. But here's a fun-filled overview of what happens to a woman's body when the production of these hormones is decreased enough to trigger menopause. You may experience some of these things, all of these things, or none of these things, in which case go eat some kale and leave the rest of us alone. <laughs> Menstruation ceases. I think we can all get behind that initiative. Your vagina dries up. This makes sex challenging, thus the lady lubricant market. The fluid that has left your vagina takes refuge in your tear ducts. <laughs> your bladder goes on strike. This makes sneezing, laughing, and coughing rife with potential for embarrassing leakage, thus the adult diaper market and jokes about older women peeing themselves. Uh, let me see. Kind of carry on. You're introduced to the joys of faffing and faffing. That's the combination of a fart and a cough or a fart and a laugh. This often happens in rapid succession, and it's especially fun in public, like, say, in the cereal aisle at the grocery store. Faw, faff, repeat. Follow up with jazz hands. It adds a little something extra to the performance. <laughs> anyway, it goes on and with all the things that happen to you as you get older. But, and, and, you know, you've got to try to – oh, here. You run out of enthusiasm regularly due to lowered energy levels. Coffee will become your new best friend as you and – Juan Valdez begin a steamy affair. <laughs> As we drink our coffee. As we drink our coffee. Exactly. Oh, it's hilarious. I think any woman who is over the age of 45. Needs yeah. <laughs> well, my daughter's 20 and turning 21 in February, and all of her friends bought my book, and they all love it. Awesome. And, they're, and so that's a good sign. They also love my videos, which is so weird to me. I'm like, don't they have something better to do than watch your old mother make some weird video? There you go. Me, me, me being ageist. And she's like, no, they think you're hilarious. I mean, much more than she probably does because she of has course. had to live to, with me yes. most of her life. But I think with, for younger girls, I find that it, it gives them permission. To- yes. To check out of that stress that they're all under now. The Instagram yeah. stress, I call it. The social media. Well, it's a thing. Yes, it is. We didn't and grow we, up in that bubble. We didn't grow up in that. No. 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 We got to just live our lives and not compare ourselves except to our friends or whoever was in our immediate surroundings. Right. We might have been made fun of by kids at school, but it wasn't like the entire internet exactly. piling on you because exactly. they don't like your hair or your butt or your whatever. Whatever. Yeah. It's it's hard. And it's, it's hard for my daughter. Um, and I, I see that for her and I don't know how to help her other than just to keep reinforcing that she's amazing because she really is. Mm. And she knows that. But yeah. I think there's definitely pressure to, you know, have a cool Instagram. She's overseas doing a, a semester abroad. Mm. So, so she's got to take all these great pictures of her in Paris. And I'm like, you know, you don't have to. But they are great. And, you know, whatever makes you happy. Yeah. And as long as it's not making you miserable, which I think it really can because you get that uh, fear of missing out, FOMA. FOMO, right. exactly. FOMO, that's it. Yeah, FOMO. FOMO. <laughs> FOMO is on my coffee. FOMO is you're missing out. <laughs> I like the FOMO. Yeah, it's true. But and I think you know, there's good and bad to everything. There's good yes. and bad, and it all depends on how you take it and how yes. you how you live your life. If you live in authenticity, like I love social media. Yeah, I think you do too. And it's like I, I do. I this Facebook. I have some issues with, but I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way to reach people and stay yes. with people and see what yes. creative people are doing. And there's All good and that. bad with everything. There is. I mean, for me, the only uh, issue I have is the division that's been created by, you know, just this micro, super micro targeted 
marketing that's being done based on our data. That's a little bit disturbing to me. I mean, that's where Big Brother steps in. It's a little creepy. Uh, But, uh, you know, as long as you're aware of that and you're aware of what you're feeding yourself. Yeah. Right? And, you know, you can... Have you had experience of talking about something like yes. this house and then it appears in your feed? Your phone is listening to you. It's if you have Facebook downloaded onto your phone and you've enabled the video. Yeah, they are listening to you all the time. Interesting. Because I've seen yeah. that happen and I'm like, how did my Facebook know that I was talking about that with somebody? Yeah. yeah. I took the Messenger app off, but I still, because I do occasionally do Facebook Lives, I have the app on my phone and I know that they're always listening to me. Sometimes I'm like, I don't have diabetes. Stop showing me as <laughs> diabetes. I was looking for comfortable shoes because I have a, a, a problem with my ball of foot pain. And I was searching the internet a lot. And so all of a sudden I'm getting all these ads for diabetic shoes. I'm like, I'm not a diabetic. Yeah. Or once I clicked on a plus size dress, I was like, well, I am a bigger curvier lady, but I'm not quite plus size, but thanks for all the plus size ads. Like, it's just, it's weird to me. It's stocky. It is. It's really, it is interesting when you look at marketing and how they target and that's, see, that's when creativity goes amok. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Agreed. But you know, as long as you're aware of it and I think most, many people are, and then I think there's many people who really don't understand how much we're being manipulated. And and so I do talk about that somewhat on my platforms and sometimes I write essays about it um, because big data is something to be somewhat aware of at least. You know, I'm, what I'm doing is being collated and there's a profile of us, each of us, you know, that marketers can tap into. I would love to know how I get that profile. Right. You know, where is it? I know. What is my, how profile? do I pay for it? Right. Yeah. Cause you can look on Facebook and see how they're targeting you and you can mm-hmm. go in and, and delete anything that you like, I don't like soccer. Why are you, yeah. why do you think I like that? But that's only a little window into it. Wouldn't it be interesting to find that out? Yes. <laughs> I was trying to search it like a week ago. Like, I just want to know what my profile says about me. I mean, I know a lot of it. Obviously, liberal, feminist, over 50, you know, curvy, wears glasses, likes comfortable shoes. <laughs> they probably have a little asterisk next to people like us, like creative people. It says not able to be influenced. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, because I, I mean, I do occasionally click on something, but I try not to. Because yeah. I don't want to feed the beast. It, it but then here we are marketing ourselves through social media. So there's a, an irony there, right? Yeah, I know. It's like it's the good and the bad. It's so you yeah. have to take the good with the bad and be selective of how you what you're clicking on and what you're talking about and what you're yes, and what you're sharing. What you're sharing. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you're gonna share news, make sure it's real news. Oh, like gosh. go go and dig into it a little bit and yeah. and, and get you know, go to, to trusted news sources. If it's a, a slightly biased or, or a biased site go okay what's the real story here Mm -hmm. before I click and share because I'm just clicking and sharing yeah which which we do because it's just uh it's just the nature of the beast well there's some psychology behind that too that's very interesting about like the six reasons people share things and I'm like oh really when you dig into these kinds of things oh that's interesting well it's it's to make people see you in a certain way or so you feel about yourself in a certain way. I'm sharing this because it's funny and therefore I'm funny. I'm sharing this because I'm smart, therefore I'm smart. So it's like, it's, it's, everything's about a reflection of you and how it's making you appear to other people. on. It definitely is. And there's so much of whatever you're posting, you're looking for likes or comments or, and I'm trying to care less and less about that. Yes. You know, because I don't think it's real and I don't really like personally, I don't really care, but then professionally, 
trying to promote things, Mm -hmm. I do have to care and Mm -hmm. I do have to keep cultivating an audience. And that's, you know, those are all the complexities of, of, of navigating this brave new world. Yeah. And I think for me, it's, it's about keeping my private life private and my, my public life public and really making a distinction between what that means. Right, right. Yeah, most of, I mean, I, people think I'm really transparent online, but I, there's so much in my life that people know nothing about. Well, yeah. And I keep it that way. I mean, my daughter, when, I was, when she was growing up, I did not put her in my blogs or my things. It wasn't until she wanted to be in our craft videos. And she really, she was like Lucy McGillicuddy. You know, <laughs> I could be the Stickles Pirate. And I was like, okay, <laughs> come on, yeah, and she was great in those. Now she's embarrassed by them a little bit, but I think she secretly also loves them. Of um, but yeah, you know, uh, that's the thing everyone has to decide. Yeah. How much of yourself are you putting out there? Yeah. Because yeah. the more you put out there, the there are some, you know, so, like bad aspects. You know, I've, yeah. I've had some crazy people come at me. I had one person come at me really hard when I did the Home and Family, uh, the DIY star competition. This woman just flipped out on me wow. and then was like sending me these cloaked emails, like threatening to expose me to the producers and the head of Hallmark Channel. And it was scary. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty like, what? but then I figured out who it was mm. and I navigated it appropriately and, and moved on with my life. But I've had a couple things like that where people just kind of blown up. Yeah. And that's a little, I think what it must be to be an actual celebrity do you have a huge following It'd be awful. and then deal with that? It's got to be awful. I would think so too. You know, you look at Kim Kardashian and it, like the thing that happened to her in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone knew she was there and then they knew she was out and they knew they could go. Like that's a little creepy too. Yeah. Like you could literally never leave your house without expecting to be un- bugged by somebody, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to think I wanted to be famous, but now I really don't. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to make a living at what I love and, and have- right the ability to, to have, you know, a platform and whatnot, but I don't really want to be incapable of being able to just move through the world. Yeah. With go to the grocery store. Yeah. Go to the thrift store. Totally dressed up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> that. Well, can you share what's next for you or is it a secret project in the works? Um, well, it's, yeah, it's kind of, a, it's not that it's really secret, but uh, I'm working on something I'm going to launch uh, there's a new platform called Talk Shop Live, mm. and it's a home shopping platform that allows everyone to sell. Anyone can go and sell whatever you want to sell. Oh, so wow. A book or an ebook or a, a, whatever the product is, you can go on and you can do a little 15-minute spiel, and you can continue to do that. So you get your own little channel. Hmm. So I have a product line I'm going to be launching there. Well, that's Once exciting. I, yeah. We're going away, and then when I get back... Uh, that's when I'll focus on it, but I don't want to like give the dates of when we're going away because the internet. <laughs> yes, the internet and people are listening. No, yes. you're, you're going away sometime and you're starting a show sometime. Yeah, sometime. Sometime <laughs> in the um, in the holiday season, let's just Wonderful. say. Wonderful. So in the next so many weeks, yeah. And can, yeah. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you and where they can pick up your fabulous book. So I'm everywhere on the internet. I'm Margot Potter, M-A-R-G-O-T-P-O-T-T-E-R. That's my, I'm margopotter.com, Margo Potter. Uh, the only place where I'm not Margo Potter is Snapchat, where I'm the Margo Potter. The Margo Potter. Only because there's a, other Margo Potters in the world, and, I, and they hate me because I have been, I'm Margo Potter on every platform. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I got there first. You did get there first. I did. I mean, one of them's a young golfer, so I often get golfers that follow me. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't golf. 
I mean, I like golf, but I, I don't actually, that's not my thing. So yeah. So that's where people can find me. Okay, great. <laughs> and the name of your book again is 50 and other F words. 50 and other F words, reflections from the rear view mirror available on Amazon at Barnes and Noble, um, wherever fine books are sold. Yes. I've, <laughs> I've seen it in my local Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Yeah. Barnes and Noble is the, is the parent company of my publisher. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Yep, they've done me proud. I love them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a great and interesting conversation. So much fun. I could literally talk to you all day. I know for sure. It's too bad you don't live right down the road. We just go have coffee all the time. Oh, we totally would and just talk about all the time and laugh. Totally laugh and snort in Starbucks. All those things (laughs) and create stuff together. (laughs) Create stuff together. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Margo. You're just an absolutely delightful person. Oh, thank you, Cheryl. I feel who you are and I really appreciate you being here and inspiring other people to just express themselves creatively, whatever way that means, and go with the flow of creativity. Yay. I'm so excited for you. This is a really cool new show, and you're great on camera, by the way. Oh, thank Yay, you. Yay, you. I appreciate <laughs> that, especially since you've been on camera, and you know what yeah, that you're, is. Yeah, you're a natural. This is a perfect thing for you, so okay. I hope it just takes off. Thank you. I totally appreciate that so much. Yep. All right. All right, well, my dear. It's been my pleasure. Mine too. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. You too. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Powerful Creator Show. If you like what you've heard, you can subscribe on iTunes or go to thepowerfulcreatorshow.com and join our email list so you never miss a future episode. I hope you have a powerfully creative day.